0: The Cancer Assist Show, hosted by Dr. Bill Evans and brought to you by the Cancer Assistance Program. Help when you really need it. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Evans and this is the Cancer Assist Show, the first of a series of podcasts on cancer. It's not the first show that I've done on cancer though, as the Cancer Assistance Program is sponsored a show on CHML 900 in Hamilton, uh, where you can listen to the 37 podcasts and radio shows that we've done previously. So why should you listen to this show? Well, let me introduce myself. That may help a little bit. I'm a medical oncologist who trained in Toronto at the Princess Margaret Hospital and practiced there and at the Toronto General Hospital for a number of years before working in Ottawa and subsequently in Hamilton at the Juravinsky Cancer Center in McMaster University. I'm currently a professor emeritus at McMaster University. And through my career I have had a strong interest in all types of cancer, but particularly lung cancer. Now the shows that I've done previously are all accessible to you if you're interested in listening to them. And they're available on the Cancer Assistance Program's website at cancerassist, all one word, dot C-A. Now, why am I doing this podcast? Well, there are essentially three reasons. The first is that I think it's important that we all become better informed about cancer, particularly as the current statistics suggest that at least one in two of us will get cancer in our lifetime. Therefore, I think it's best that we understand what the causes are and try to avoid the causes where we can. Uh, we should know about the symptoms of cancer so it can be detected early, and it'd be helpful to hear about how treatments are changing over time and how they're so much more effective and so much more hopeful in terms of a good outcome, uh, certainly compared to when I started in oncology many years ago. Second reason that I do the show is really to showcase the fine professionals and researchers we have who provide care to cancer patients, particularly in Hamilton, uh, at the Juravinsky Cancer Center at St. Joseph's Hospital and Hamilton Health Sciences. Now podcasts reach out far beyond Hamilton, so you will have to find out for yourself the oncology specialists in your own region. But I can say that across Canada, there are wonderful individuals who are well-trained in the care of cancer patients and in the treatment of cancer from coast to coast. And I will be tapping some of their expertise over the course of time on this show. And a third reason for doing the show is to promote the Cancer Assistance Program, which is a unique program available to support cancer patients in the Hamilton area. It grew out of the need for more supports for cancer patients, uh, not only drives to the cancer center into medical appointments, but also equipment loans such as wheelchairs and ambulators and commodes and those sorts of things that people need if they want to remain uh, at, in their own home and as independent as possible. And to my knowledge, um, this is one of the few, if not the only, uh, program that offers these forms of equipment free of charge. It also offers nutritional supports and uh, uh, incontinence supplies and other things that are practical needs of cancer patients, all free of charge. So if you're listening in the Hamilton area, you should be aware of this if you have need of any services of of a practical nature. Uh, If you're outside of the Hamilton area uh, then these services may not be available to you but perhaps in listening and hearing about what the Cancer Assistance Program does it might just inspire you and others to consider creating a Cancer Assistance Program in your own community. And if you wanted to find out more you could visit the Cancer Assistance Program's website or call them at 905-383-9797. And as the Cancer Assistance Program is a charity run essentially by volunteers and a small staff, it needs to raise money for the free services it provides. So you will hear from time to time about fundraising events. And they may be irrelevant to you if you're listening to the podcast somewhere else in the world, but if you're Helped by any of the information we provide during the podcast, and you would like to support the Cancer Assistance Program and continuing to do these shows, then please consider making a donation either online or by calling 905 383 9797. Now, the usual format of the show is that I bring on experts in a particular area it might be in about screening it might be about diet uh, exercise or about a particular cancer in which case i would bring on specialists knowledgeable on the surgical management of the disease or how to you, how to treat it with radiotherapy or drugs and i would interview them and that is the plan for the show i will be bringing on various guests so in subsequent podcasts you can listen to hear what experts have to say about The management of various aspects of cancer. But today, as this is the first of the podcasts, I'm going to give you a bit of an overview about cancer. And let's start with a simple fact. Cancer is not one disease. I often get asked the question, when is there going to be a cure for cancer? Well, there's 120 major types of cancer. So frankly, I don't anticipate there will ever be a cure for cancer. There will be many cures for cancer. in fact, as we understand the genetic abnormalities behind cancers that kind of look the same under the microscope, we're discovering there are a lot of different variations so that we can say there are many more cancers than than the 120 I just stated. What is cancer? It really is an accumulation of abnormal cells whose growth is not regulated properly and these cells have the ability to grow, invade, and spread. So that defines a malignant tumor. The growth, the invasion, and the spread to other parts of the body. Now we typically think of cancers as rapidly growing cells and that is commonly the case. But Sometimes the cells are growing at the same rate that normal cells grow, but the signal that should tell them to stop growing, basically telling them to die, is not active. And so the cells accumulate. They don't go through what we call apoptosis, the fancy medical word for cell death. And so they continue to accumulate and either form a mass, like a colon cancer. Or in the bloodstream, accumulate a type of cell that becomes too numerous, as in chronic lymphocytic leukemia. So, cancer um, is a very common illness. And in fact, it's the second leading cause of death in the world. One in two of us may get cancer in our lifetime. So, let's talk a bit about the causes of cancer. In particular, I think about those causes which we can have some control over. There's some that we can't have any control over, and one of those is our age, because as we get older, our chances of developing cancer increase. In fact, the median age, sort of the middle age um, at which people get a diagnosis of cancer is 66 years. That is, half the people will be older and half will be younger than 66 years of age when they develop cancer. But a quarter of the new cases will take place in individuals age 65 to 74. And just to let you know for the common cancer types, uh, the median age varies from 61 years for ladies with breast cancer, uh, 66 years for men with prostate cancer. 68 years for those getting colorectal cancer, and 70 years for lung cancer. You also recognize that cancer can occur really at any age, even in newborns, and there are cancers that are more common in the young people, such as bone cancers, which occur typically under age 20, and some types of leukemia that occur in very young individuals. We can't do much about age, but we can do something about the commonest cause of cancer, which is smoking. And cigarette smoke contains about 69 different carcinogens, and we're all exposed to it. There are those who actually smoke tobacco, but then the rest of us who don't smoke get to inhale. Cigarette smoke as secondhand smoke from time to time as we just go about our business. But tobacco smoke and its carcinogens passage from the lips through the mouth. And the inhaled smoke passes down the airway, past the voice box, and into the lungs where particular material get, may get deposited containing those carcinogens. And so the commonest cancer associated with uh, tobacco smoking is lung cancer. But, the reality is that smoking is associated with about 13 other malignancies. Um, Malignancies elsewhere in the aerodigestive tract, namely the mouth, the voice box, the swallowing tube, the stomach, but also associated with uh, cancers you mightn't really have come to mind uh, when you think of smoking. So including cancers of the pancreas, the bowel and the rectum, the cervix, and even acute myelogenous leukemia. And there's really no safe level of tobacco use. Um, it, It can induce cancers at any level of exposure and people who quit smoking regardless of their age have a substantial gain in their life expectancy compared to those who continue to smoke so the best thing that one can do to reduce one's risk of cancer is to never start smoking but if you are a smoker then the best, next best thing is to get help in quitting. And it's a very hard thing to do, but it can be done. And there are a lot of resources available in communities today to help individuals stop smoking. So try and avail, you, avail yourselves of those resources. Now, there are other cancer-causing substances in our environment. And these substances, just like the harmful substances in cigarette smoke, can damage the uh, DNA in our cells that cause cells to divide erratically and accumulate and become invasive. So there are a wide variety of things that are in the air, in the water we drink, in the food we eat, and things we get exposed to at our workplace. Things such as arsenic, asbestos, benzene, beryllium, cadmium, coal tar, formaldehyde, um, nickel, soot, vinyl chloride, wood dust, and one I'm going to speak about a little more, now, depending where you live and how you, where you work and what transportation you take, you can get exposed to these various things in your environment, which may ultimately cause cancer. And some of them, as we're unaware of their, of it, their presence, we can't do much about. But in the workplace, certainly, um, increasingly, employers are well aware and protect their employees. uh, from substances that can cause harm. So radiation is something that you can be exposed to both in a work environment and in your home. Uh, There are various types of radiation and and the kind that's most harmful is ionizing radiation. Uh, It's it's the kind of radiation that has enough energy to damage the DNA and cause cancer. So ionizing radiation includes radon, x-rays, gamma rays, and some other high energy radiation. On the other hand, the low energy non-ionizing forms of radiation include things like visible light and the energy from cell phones, which have not been found to cause cancer in people. So radon is a radioactive gas that's given off by rocks and soil, so depending where you live, your house might be built on on rock that is emitting this radioactive element. And you wouldn't even be aware of it, radon has no odor or or, uh, visibility, but it can be tested for with uh, a simple home radon uh, test kit that can be purchased at a hardware store. So, it's important to know whether you are getting exposed to that radioactive material because ventilating the basement and some other measures may reduce your risk of that radiation exposure. But you also get exposure to uh, radiation in the medical environment uh, through diagnostic x rays or the use of uh, other kinds of high energy radiation, even to treat cancer. So medical procedures such as having a chest x-ray or a CT scan, a PET scan, um, can cause damage uh, to cells that can lead to cancer. And although the risks are small from any individual um, imaging test, uh, cumulatively it can become important. So it's important that always uh, have tests that are necessary, not... um, ordered in frequently for reasons that are less good Uh, it's important that you have that discussion with your physician as to whether the imaging test is really uh, required so that you limit the amount of exposure to medical radiation to the maximum extent possible the other form of radiation that we're all exposed to is uh, sunlight And some of us like to get even more of that by using tanning beds, which give off ultraviolet radiation. Exposure to UV radiation causes early aging of the skin and damage to the skin, and it can lead to cancer. Uh, Certainly people of all ages and skin tones should limit the amount of time they spend in the sun, especially between mid-morning to late afternoon when the UV radiation is most intense and I'd really counsel against using tanning beds. Um, People should be aware too that the radiation from the sun is reflected off surfaces like water and snow and ice and and hence is more intense. Um, So some of the practical things one can do is to wear a hat with a wide brim, wear sunglasses that uh, block UV radiation to protect the skin around your eyes to wear long sleeves and long pants with a tight weave uh, and also dark fabrics are best. There are fabrics that are actually rated for their ultraviolet protection factor, or UPV, so you could look for that when you're purchasing clothing. And of course, when you do want to get a tan, you should protect your skin from burns um, and specifically put on products with a sun protection factor of at least 15 and preferably 30. Remembering that you should put the product on probably before you go outside and repeat it every few hours after swimming or sweating. Now there are other um, exposures and things that can cause um, cancer. And again, some of them we don't have a lot of control over. Uh, For example, female sex hormones are known human carcinogens. That seems rather strange, doesn't it? But taking combined menopausal hormone therapy with estrogens and progestins um, really can increase the risk of breast cancer. Uh, When when they're combined and menopausal therapy with oestrogen alone can increase the risk of endometrial cancer. And so you really need to think carefully about menopausal therapy and discuss the possible risks and benefits with a physician. This has been The Cancer Assist Show, brought to you by the Cancer Assistance Program.